Hello again, friends. Welcome to another edition of Send the Light. I'm Pastor Jeremy Anderson, your host and pastor here on the Send the Light Bible Podcast. Today, I'm going to share my sermon from this past Sunday, January the 13th, that I preached at Reverend Randy James Home Church, High Hill Baptist. The title of the sermon is The Great Falling Away and the Antichrist Spirit. This is a subject of great importance and I've been praying very hard that the Lord will send everyone who is able to search for or who listens to podcasts to the Send the Light podcast. And I pray now that the Holy Spirit will speak to the hearts of everyone who hears this message and a great revival will take place in the people's hearts first and then in their lives. And with that, I'm going to play the sermon from this Sunday for you guys. Everybody doing all right this morning? I'm very happy to see each and every one of you here. I really was wondering if uh, there was going to be anybody here today since uh, Randy wasn't going to be here. (laughs) But uh, I know that uh, I have some very big shoes to fill this morning, but I am going to do my best to fill those shoes. And hopefully the Lord will speak through me and I will be able to, to do them both proud. When Brother Randy asked me to fill in for him today, I was very honored that he trusted me enough to to teach his flock. Because as pastors, one of the main jobs we have is to be the shepherd to our flock. And that's why in in the word we are likened to shepherd and the people are likened to our sheep. And you know, it's, it's a very, very <laughs> hard thing. You have to be very careful if you let somebody in your pulpit to, to preach to your flock. And uh, I'm very honored and thankful that, that Randy trusted and believed in me enough to allow me to do that. Um, today, uh, I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures. I'm going to be bouncing around. So, uh, if you want to follow me through the scriptures, that's great. If not, that's okay too. But I do recommend that you at least write them down. Um, Even if you can't turn fast enough, because I'll be moving fast, write the words down and the scriptures down. Not the words, but the scriptures, because they're very important. We're going to be talking today about the great falling away and the Antichrist spirit. And we're going to be in uh, the, the, the main scripture that the sermon is based upon is uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 12. And I, I would ask, that we all just rise to get those who can to give honor to the reading of God's word. Sorry, give me one second. I turned. I turned over one too far. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye not soon be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by the spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. 
For that day shall not come except there come first a falling away, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. So that man be as God, as he sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked man be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, which all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, they might, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now, Lord, and I pray that you just please hide me behind the cross. Just please bless the words that I speak today, Father. I pray that they all come from you. I pray that your Holy Spirit just open the the ears, the hearts, and minds of everyone here today and help them accept the words that you speak through me. Father God, I thank you for blessing me with this opportunity, and I love you, and I ask all these things in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen. Y'all forgive me. My mouth is getting really dry. I'm going to have to grab this. I hate to have it in the church, but when I say dry, I mean dry. Randy is a very good pastor and a very good shepherd and knows that like him, I'm only going to preach sound doctrine. That said, we as brothers and sisters in Christ can and do often have different views on certain topics. In fact, many of the, in the church disagree with other Christians on things such as the timing of the rapture and the mystery of Babylon, the order of the seal, trumpet, and bold judgments, and the list goes on and on. The one thing that we all share is our love and passion for the truth and Jesus Christ, Yeshua, and the truth of his word, the word that brought the truth to us, and the important thing that we have to be sharp and trust in the authentic biblical truth of Jesus Christ. And when there is anything authentic, you can be sure that there will be counterfeit. So what should we as a church divide on? Where should we draw the line? Uh, I'll tell you what we should draw the line. That's any time a doctrine of demons is brought in the church. And what we're speaking on today, this great falling away, is happening right now, today, in churches all over, not just America, but the world. Doctrines are being taught from our seminaries all the way to our pulpits. 
I, um, y'all are going to have to forgive me. I was trying to, to read the sermon I wrote, but that's not going to work. Um, the Lord is, first of all, I'm looking at this instead of you, and I've got to just trust God to, to speak through me and not worry about everything I wrote. So I, um, I do apologize for looking down to begin with, but um, like I was saying, the, when, I, when I first started seminary, the first seminary I went to, I ended up leaving because they taught or they wanted their pastors not to preach on hell. They taught that there was no hell, that if you gave sermons on hell, then you would lose, you would lose people in the church. You would lose parishioners. Uh, they wanted a doctrine of feel good. Uh, they, they didn't want anybody to be convicted uh, or feel bad. They wanted to sit in church and be comfortable in their sins. And that is apostasy. I mean, that, that's what the, the message that the Lord put on my heart today was the great falling away or the apostasy. The word apostasy comes from the Greek word apostasis, which literally means to rebel, to revolt, or and reject. So the great falling away is when the men and women of God in the church rebel against what they've been taught and leave. They go and find churches where they can sit and and feel good about what they've what they're being taught because they're not getting convicted about anything uh, and it, it is happening every single at least Sunday but there's more days than that on the television you have televangelists these ultra charismatic televangelists that get up and they preach uh, not only the uh, those doctrines of demons, but they, they, they preach this prosperity gospel that if you, if you send them this amount of money, then God will, will bless you uh, tenfold and, and a hundredfold, and it's lies. And you also have um, every one of those pastors and churches are being fueled by the spirit of Antichrist. Every one of them. Uh, there, I, I am going to read this to you. There are, uh, there are a lot of doctrines of demons that are presented from the pulpits that take away from the deity of Christ. And that's where we have to draw the line. Is anything that takes away from the deity of Christ. This involves denying the virgin birth, to chipping away or watering down the crucifixion and resurrection. But most prominent today in the churches of America is denying that Jesus Christ Yeshua is the only way to salvation. And this universalist doctrine, this all faiths are one doctrine, are rampant in the charismatic church. And I'm not just trying to pick on the charismatic church. Uh, there are a lot of other churches. And these are black and white issues that are plaguing our modern church today. And today I want to dig into this. And I want to I wanna read a very alarming... When I found this, it... My stomach turned over and my heart was broken. Um, there was, uh, I want to I tell you exactly who did the poll, but let's see. All right. In 1998, 20 years ago, the Harris Group took a poll of over 7,000 clergy in the United States 
and found the following percentage of clergy denying the virgin birth of Christ. 19% of Lutheran pastors denied that Christ was born of a virgin. Pay attention to this next one. 34% of Southern Baptist pastors, I said 34% of Southern Baptist pastors deny the virgin birth of Christ. That's 34% of the ministers in our home denomination people. I don't know about you, but that really bothers me. I mean, really, like deep down in my spirit bothers me. And 44% of Episcopalian priests denied the virgin birth of Christ. That, I don't know much about Episcopalians, but I know they're a part of the church. They're uh, Protestant uh, with, ca with Catholic leanings, but there are Episcopalian Christians, but there won't be for long if the, the pastors or the priests, as they call themselves, are in the pulpit preaching heresies. And 49%, that's mostly half of Presbyterian ministers do not believe what the Word of God says about the birth of Christ. 60% of Methodist clergy denied the virgin birth. Now, that one doesn't really surprise me, seeing that in the Methodist church right now, um, you know, they're marrying homosexuals and the Methodist church is about to split right now. Um, you know, the people that, that don't agree with that and believe the right way are saying that if they, if, if they choose to, to pass this and allow it, that they're gonna leave the Methodist church. And I hate that for the Methodist church, but if it sends true believers to you know, churches that are preaching gospel and preaching Bible, then that part of it is a good thing. Amen. Uh, finally, 79% of Congregationalists, or, the, or they're also known as the United Church of Christ clergy, denied the virgin birth. Ladies and gentlemen, who teaches the people in the church? The pastors, the pastors teach the people, and the people believe what the pastors teach. You have people, the majority of people, or at least a lot of people, can be 40, 50 years old in the church still drinking milk, are still babes, been saved 20 years still drinking milk. They haven't got to the meat of it. And... If, we, if the pastors don't believe in these black and white, simple but powerful truths in the word of God, then this will lead to the people in churches, in all of these churches that I just named from the poll, believing the same lies and heresies. Um, Ten years later, in 2008, uh, the same Harris group did the same poll and the belief in the virgin birth had dropped over 20 points. Another poll was taken that same year in 2008 of the American public. And of those claiming to be Christians, 61% didn't believe in the virgin birth. That was in 2008. Um, it's 2019. I mean, with that line from 1998 to... 2008, if it dropped that much, imagine where we are today. The falling away of the church is here today. The Antichrist spirit is causing this falling away and preparing the world 
for the day that he will be revealed. Um, I, I said a little while ago about the, the charismatic televangelist, and, and I don't want to pick on them again, but they, the, the, ter- the charismatic evangelist, one in particular, uh, Joel Osteen, and I don't mind calling names because people need to know. I mean, Joel Osteen is <laughs> known for his doctrine of inclusion. Um, that's, uh, you know, all faiths lead to heaven. All faiths lead to salvation. Not just the belief in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Um, that's why us, as the true church, it is extremely important that we repent of anything in our lives, anything that's hindering our walk with Christ, and that we pray continuously without ceasing and put on the whole armor of God every day so that we may withstand the wiles of the, de- the devil, the enemy, Satan, and when the Antichrist spirit comes trying to take us away, we will not, it, it won't even be an, uh, an option. If we're prayed up, if we have the whole armor of God on every day, we're not living in sin, we're in church, then that's not something that we even have to worry about. And that is, for me, that's, a relief, um, you know. When when I uh, was researching for the sermon, I when I was reading all this stuff, you know, I, I read all these scriptures, and it scared me, um, because you you have to you have to be able to see what the scriptures say, not what this pastor's told you or that pastor's told you. You have to see what the truth of the word says. And the word says that um, in those days that even some of the elect will be drawn away and be received. We are the elect. Um, the, The Antichrist spirit has been alive and around for 2,000 years. Uh, Ever since Paul wrote about it um, in his letter to Timothy and the letter to the church in Thessalonica, uh, it's always been. um, You know, Jesus said that uh, many will come in my name, but they will not be of me, from me, and friends, make no mistake, the Antichrist is real. His spirit has always been around, but the, the man, the Antichrist, is real. And I wholeheartedly believe he's alive today. I know there are some that don't agree with me, but I truly believe that he is alive, waiting for the day and the time that he can be revealed. He hasn't been revealed yet because it's not his time. The restrainer must first be taken out of the way before he can be revealed. Now, uh, that's another subject. We're not going to get into who or what uh, the restrainer is. There are many you know, beliefs and, and many arguments over that. That's one of the things I was talking about in the beginning. You know, As Christians, we, we, it's, it's okay to disagree on things. As long as the truths we agree on, the important things we have to, as believers, agree on. And I know, uh, just as it scared me, I know uh, a lot of people, when, when they hear this message, you know, they, they say, Preacher, this is scary. How can I, as a Christian, be deceived? and overcome by the spirit of Antichrist. And 
I'll tell you how it can happen. Uh, Whenever you allow yourself to lose the love of God and the love of his truths, that's when you will be able to be reached by the spirit of Antichrist. I mean, there are uh, two things that I can tell you today that can cause you to lose this love. And number one is if you find it difficult, if it's a difficult job for you to get to church on Sunday, if you no longer look forward to the assembling of yourself with the other believers. Secondly, you can know that you're losing your love of God is by reading someone else's name into a message. If you're hearing a powerful message that the Holy Spirit is just working on, and you're hearing that message and you say, Amen, Uh, he's finally reaching brother so-and-so, or sister so-and-so is finally getting it. That's, That's opening yourself up to being deceived by spirit of Antichrist. Um, Second Timothy two. No, excuse me. Second Timothy four, three and four warns us. For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they get for themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And Matthew 7.15 warns us to beware of false teachers who will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are as ravenous wolves. We must stay alert and watch for these false teachers. Um, They are all around. Um, You have to be aware of these false creatures, false teachers speaking uh, Christianese type language. All the while seducing God's people with their satanic universal doctrine of inclusion, which is, of course, all faiths lead to salvation. These are dangerous heresies. The the fact that preachers preaching that there is no hell, um, that Jesus Christ is not the only way you can uh, receive salvation and enter heaven. These doctrines will lead you to hell. And they come straight from the spirit of Antichrist who comes from the pits of hell. And, you know, anytime, and I I mean anytime, (laughs) Randy is in this pulpit, and anytime I am in this or any pulpit, we will not babysit this people. We preach Bible, Amen. the Word of God. Um, you never have to worry about. He, I've known Brother Randy my my entire life. He's known me since the day I was born, and he's a great man of God. And I can tell you with zero doubt that he will never knowingly preach heresy. And I can promise you that I will never preach heresy. False doctrine will never knowingly come out of my mouth. Now, nobody has the corner on truth. We're all together as a church in a quest for truth. But there are sound doctrines and false doctrines, and we can know the difference. Jesus said, he who has eyes, let them see. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. And we're supposed to be Bereans. And don't take my word for any of this. That's why I wrote all of these scriptures down. And you know, I, I've gone back and forth to some of them. I haven't read them all. 
Um, but you know, Second Thessalonians two one through twelve, First Timothy four one through three, Second Timothy four three through four, and Second Timothy three verse one, Jude one fourteen through nineteen, which is the next place I'm going in the Bible right now. This is actually a, a very it's a, it's a scripture that's very dear to my heart. Um, a lot of you know me and know that, that my father was a pastor and that he died um, when I was three years old. Well, the first sermon he ever preached was on Jude. And um, that's why, and, and I didn't have to, to, to struggle to include it in today's sermon because uh, <laughs> This scripture falls right in line with what I'm teaching today. And that's uh, Jude 1, 14 through 19. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, I said 14, not verse 1. Sorry. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand saints of his saints to execute the judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's what I meant about the love of God, keeping the love of God. If you keep the love of God, you don't have to worry about the Antichrist spirit <laughs> pulling you, drawing you away at all. Keep your heart filled with the love of God. Um, there are two spirits of Christ in this world. The spirit that lives in us as believers, the spirit of Jesus Christ, and the spirit of Antichrist. And believe it or not, the spirit of Antichrist is not just alive in this world, but in the leaders of some of the churches. Ladies and gentlemen, what are these pastors going to do when they stand before the throne of God, having not taught their people the truths of God, the way that they should go. What are they going to do when God says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. It'll be too late then. And as Pastors, preachers, ministers, it is our job to prepare the church for the coming of the Lord. To teach the church about Jesus Christ. And these false teachers teaching doctrines of demons, <laughs> they have the spirit of Christ in them, not Jesus Christ. Antichrist. They are literally indwelled and possessed by the spirit of Antichrist. And that's what's fueling 
their churches. Only Antichrist could build a church on a pole. And there are churches that that's how they built their church. They went out, took a pole of people, of believers, asked them what they wanted. And what you got was, uh, you know, no sermons on hell or, or the cross. Uh, no sermons on sin. Uh, one hour a day instead of two hours in church. Uh, you, you got no conviction at all. And what do you see at these churches? Mega churches. Thousands in attendance and millions watching on TV. That's. I'm sorry, folks. That makes me mad. It really does. When I accepted the call to become a minister of the gospel, I made a vow to the Lord that any door he opened, I'd walk through. No matter what it was, no matter where, if I was preaching in a pulpit, teaching a house church, you know, uh, being a youth leader, wherever he wanted me, I would go. And that I would always preach the truth. Amen. That I would preach Bible and sound doctrine. And if I don't, if I start preaching heresies, I deserve to burn in hell. I deserve, <laughs> I believe that I deserve, if, if I was to do that, and the pastors that do, deserve a hotter fire than the believers who were led astray. Because who teaches children in a home how to live? Their parents. As church members, as Christians, it's the same thing. The pastors, it's their job to teach the church, the members, the way that they should go. And it's the same as if you teach your children the way that they should go when they are old, they will not depart from it. It's the same in, uh, in Christian life. You have babes in Christ. And if you teach those children in Christ the way that they should go and teach them sound doctrine when they are old in Christ, they will not depart from it. And we have to preach and teach sound doctrine in our churches. We not only have to preach that sound doctrine, we have to, and not just the pastors, but the members, we have to get out during the week, knock on doors. That's the only way we're going to fill these pews. When my wife and I decided to start coming here to, to High Hill, it wasn't because um, I had heard this about High Hill or heard that about High Hill. I knew Randy was the pastor, but I had been praying extremely hard about where I should go because I knew that we were not where we were supposed to be in the church that we were at. And after months of praying, God kept bringing to my mind High Hill Baptist Church, High Hill Baptist Church, High Hill Baptist Church. And since then, you know, I, uh, that very weekend, I talked with Brianna, we prayed about it. And from then on, we tried to come to High Hill Baptist Church more than we went anywhere else. Now, um, because we are still members at the other church, um, we do go there sometimes. The kid, and because you know there there aren't the the resources and classes available here for the children that there are there. A lot of times we'll let the children go there and we'll come here. But we here at High Hill, and I say we because um, and we were supposed to do this Sunday before last, but I was sick as a dog. And we didn't make it. But Brianna and I were going to come up and uh, ask to, to join the church, to change our letter. And we still want to do that, um, you know, when Randy gets back, if y'all will have us. And 
I believe wholeheartedly that this church is capable of greatness. We can fill these pews, people. We can have classes for the kids. We can have ministry after ministry, outreach ministries, children's ministries. We can reach this community. High Hill Baptist Church can be the leader, the beacon of light for the other churches. We can be the example that the others follow instead of following the others' example. And I know I've been a little long-winded. Um, I think I started a little earlier than uh, Brother Randy starts, but uh, I, um, I don't want to hold you here all day. I could, because I, I, could, I could talk about this subject <laughs> over and over, but I, I won't keep you here all day. But I do ask that you bear with me for just a little longer and allow me to tell you just a few more things that I have to. Um, if I don't, then I'd be disobeying the Lord, and, and I can't do that. Um, Bible says that you are sons of God and God has sent forth the spirit of his son Jesus Christ into your hearts crying out Abba Father. Folks we have a living Christ who is now at the right hand of the Father. And he is God, but he is also a living man. He has hair, he has eyes, he has ears, he has bone. He has a glorified body, but he is man a hundred percent as well as he is God 100% and he is there and we are here but his spirit is here inside of us and we are filled with the Holy Spirit if we are believers and I pray today that Everyone here is a believer. Those that are Christians, I pray that you please anything in your lives that are not supposed to be there, that you would repent. Get them out of your lives. You can't serve God and serve Jesus Christ 90%. If you do, that was the third thing that I didn't get to in my How Can the Antichrist uh, speak to your heart that is if you're not serving Jesus Christ wholeheartedly if you're serving him 90% instead of 100% then you're opening yourself up woe unto you we have to serve Christ 100% I know I'm repeating myself but it's that important it, we have to pray every day. We have to read our Bibles every day. I know that people are busy. I know you work. I know you have children. I know some of you are tired, sick, have different reasons, but there are 24 hours in a day. If you just devote two out of 24 hours of your day to reading the Bible, and praying to Jesus Christ. If you will do that, watch what he will do for you. Watch how you will grow. Um, that's what, before I ever accepted the call to preach. Just when I asked to 
Christ to come into my heart and I completely surrendered my life and everything in it to, to him. That's what I did. I, um, because I used to, to watch TV. You can ask my wife and my family. We don't even have a TV in our rooms. Um, I'm not going to say we don't have a TV in our house, but in our rooms, we don't have a TV. Um, and the time that I used to spend watching TV, now I spend that time studying. Now, most of you know that I'm still in seminary. I've still got a little while yet to go. Um, uh, I've got my associates, and um, I've been ordained. But uh, in order for me to, uh, well, not I'm not going to say in order for me to be ordained into the Southern Baptist Church, but because I know that there are some who have been ordained uh, who haven't had the first day of, of seminary and you know went to school afterwards but most of the time as a Southern Baptist pastor the Southern Baptist uh, Association wants you to have uh, a four-year bachelor's degree in divinity and so a lot of my time is spent you know uh, learning about God because I'm still in seminary so it's admittedly easier for me than it would be some. But even without the, the school, even other than the stuff I, I have to research for school, just my personal alone time with God, I, I started, you know, like I said, before I had ever accepted that call to just giving Jesus two hours a day. Um, you know, I, I would read for an hour and pray for an hour. And then at night before I closed my eyes, I would say uh, my prayers and pray my prayer list over again. But for those two hours, a lot of times I'd pray first. And I would pray that God would open my heart. To his word, open my mind to his word and speak to me through his word to teach me because who is the, the, the who, what better teacher than God and Jesus Christ is the word you know uh, John 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God so, although it is important to have pastors, it's important to go to church, you don't need a pastor to teach you the Bible, to teach you scripture. If you will pray the same as I did and a lot of others did, for God to open your hearts and minds and speak to you and teach you and give you discernment, in and about his word he will and like I said I use that first hour to pray and the second hour I uh, go in the word and almost every time unless something came up and I had to leave to get uh, Connor from school if uh, my grandmother couldn't do it or something else came up that I had to stop usually I would get so into the Word that I'd go well beyond an hour every time. And friends, before, I told my Aunt Sandra this yesterday, before I got saved, that was one of my biggest problems. When I thought I was a Christian, I would try to read the Word and try to pray, and my prayers it felt like they weren't going past the ceiling. And it was very hard for me to concentrate on the Word of God. I mean, I could read it, but as far as it you know, being in my heart, it was very hard for me to understand. And now I just absorb it like a sponge. And as believers, each and every one of us can absorb the Word of God the exact same way. Um, you know, in, in Old Testament times, God spoke directly to usually a prophet, and he spoke to the people for God. Um, now they had, you know, the, the books of the law and, and the prophets, but um, they didn't live in the age of grace like we do. God 
you know, the, the, the earth was chaos. Um, just read the Old Testament and, and you'll see. But God spoke to the, 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 the fathers of, of the faith, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, um, even, even some that turned away. You know, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, and he still, at the end of his life, fell away. The falling away has been occurring even longer than 2,000 years. Ever since the Old Testament, the Israelites, look how many times they fell away. God would give them another chance, they fall away. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to receive the law. Before he could even get back down, when he gets back down, what have they done? They built a golden calf. I mean, and God's grace abounds. You know, he, he gave them chance after chance after chance. Now, there was a lot of times that they, you know, had to endure suffering because of their, uh, their sins and their ungodliness. But even today, they are still his people. That's why you know, I, and I know uh, Brother Randy, just from talking to him, I, I know he does not uh, believe that God has forsaken uh, the Israelite people for the church. Um, as Gentiles, you know, we have been grafted in to the family of God. We didn't take the, their place. We were grafted in. Uh, <coughs> If, like I said, if you are believers, please stay prayed up and read the Bible. If you're not, I pray more than anything else that today would be the day of salvation for you. It's the easiest thing in the world, and it's a free gift. I mean, what is free nowadays in this world? Nothing. Uh, but... The gift of salvation through Jesus Christ is free, folks. It always has been, but it won't always will be. There's coming a time where time's out. You get no more chances. Um, and like I said, I do believe that we are not only in the last days, but that it can happen anytime. Um, people... I think as a church, we need to stop looking to Israel for them to build a third temple for the Antichrist to set himself up in before uh, Christ can return. Folks, what did God say? What is the temple of God? We are. This falling away, this Antichrist spirit the, people, the, the Christians who fall away, they had to be believers to fall away. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called an apostasy, a falling away. And if the Antichrist is in their hearts, which was the temple of God, then that prophecy is fulfilled. Now, I do believe that there will be a third temple, and I believe that the man, the Antichrist, will set himself up in that temple because he requires our worship. That is what Satan wants more than anything is worship. He wants to be worshipped. I mean, he will, you know, he, 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 he doesn't want you to, to be a drug addict and to do this or that. He'll, he does it only if it will affect your worship to God. Because that's what he desires above all else is the worship of people, of human beings, God's creation. I'm not going to hold you any longer, but I pray that each and every one of you will think about the words I said today. I know that I'm not Randy. I never claimed to be. Um, you know, this is... Only the fourth time I've ever preached uh, a sermon. Uh, at a, um, and only the third time I've ever preached a sermon 
in a pulpit. You know, I, I preach on the podcast, but uh, you know that that is only I'll get better with time um, through and, and the Lord. But it doesn't change the message that I preach today, and that's what's important: the message, not how it's delivered. Please pray and repent of anything that God and the Holy Spirit convicts you of that shouldn't be in your life. Otherwise, you are susceptible, even as a Christian, to fall away. And if you're not a Christian, please let today be the day that you become one. This altar is open. It always is. We have an invitation every Sunday. Today will be no different. Um, not only that, but away from church. I am always available to talk to anyone. Uh, Pastor Randy is more than willing to talk to anyone. And I... Um, urge each and every one of you if you don't know Jesus Christ please accept him before it's too late don't wait and wake up in hell the worst thing about hell isn't the fire it isn't the brimstone it's the complete and utter absence and separation from God and I don't want that for my worst enemy much less my brothers and sisters in Christ dear heavenly father I come to you now and I pray Lord that you just bless these people I pray that you just press upon their hearts what you would have them do I pray that we as a church and I'm talking about the church, the only church, the believers in Jesus Christ would come together and reach the lost for you. Lord, I pray that we build this church, High Hill, up to what it can be, up to its potential. Lord, I pray that you Convict everyone here, including myself, to do what you would have done to build. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's message, and I ask that you'll join me in my prayer that God will allow everyone who needs to hear this message to find it. I know that I messed up a little in the beginning of my sermon, but please understand that I was filling in for not only a wonderful speaker, but also one of my biggest mentors. Once I let go and let God, I think the Holy Spirit took it from there, though. But I'll let you be the judge of that. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. As always, though, I'm going to end the podcast with a word of prayer. Good night, and God bless each and every one of you. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now, Lord, and I pray that you just bless each and every person listening. I pray that everyone hearing this message that is already a believer, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just speak to their hearts and convict them of anything that's in their life that they need to repent of, Father, and I pray that they will be obedient and repent, and Father God, I pray that each and every listener that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that today they will take the time and make today the day of salvation. Make today the day that they accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, I pray and thank you for all your blessings, the many blessings that you've blessed me with personally as well as professionally, Lord. I thank you so much for allowing me to do this podcast 
so that I can potentially reach hundreds and even thousands, Lord. That's a lot of people that can potentially hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the opportunity to do that. Father, I just pray that you forgive me of my sins. And I love you and I pray this and all things in the most precious, holy, and powerful name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen.